This is episode 44 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Brian Bemrose. Back when I worked as a corporate tech industry cog, December was always a little bit dead, a time of year. Vacation at the company was always provided so many weeks per calendar year on a use-it-or-lose-it basis. Combine that with the company having a workaholic type of culture where you are not necessarily encouraged to take your vacation during the year, and lots and lots of people always reached the end of the year not having taken any of their required vacation. So the result was a lot of people would take a big block of vacation in the, you know, take the second half of December off, or sometimes some people who had lots and lots of seniority and thus lots of vacation would take all of December off. And of course it wasn't any better for those of us who did know how to spread our vacation out throughout the year, because even though we were expected to come in, none of the people you work with were there and you couldn't get anything done. So the tech industry, and this, this was one company, but the tech industry for the most part kind of shuts down in December. Not a lot happens. So there's a total dearth of news. Combine that with the fact that my recent personal life, which I'm not really going to go into, but has not left me all that much time or energy to put this show together, at least not as much as I'd like. So I have to apologize once again for getting this show out late. For those people who really, really need my variety of tech sarcasm, I have been doing regularly, in fact, uh, the Grumpy Old Ben's show with Darren O'Neill, where you can get me bringing stories and then scoffing at them in disgust. Well, my co-host Darren, who uh, he contributes when he can, um, he's he's got a lot to say. Some of it's even worth listening to. Anyway, tech news. From the Mono Studio department, Microsoft is having a little bit of trouble building up their Xbox empire. This concerns their $69 billion purchase of Activision Blizzard, who owns such iconic franchises as Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch. Two weeks ago, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission filed a case with the D.C. Administrative Law Judge seeking to block this acquisition, citing Microsoft's history of making franchises Xbox exclusive as anti-competitive behavior. Today, Microsoft got hit by another lawsuit filed in California on behalf of a, quote, private consumer group consisting of 10 unnamed video gamers. The complaint alleges the usual allegations that they would have far outsized market power in the video game industry. They would have the ability to foreclose rivals, limit output, reduce consumer choice, raise prices, and inhibit competition, all of which is pretty much true. A canned Microsoft response pointed out that the Activision Blizzard deal, quote, will expand competition and create more opportunities for gamers and developers. Although Microsoft didn't explain exactly how reducing competition can expand competition, but they seem very confident they can do it. From the increasing cost of doing business department. Not content to only harass Microsoft, the USFTC also made news yesterday by bringing down a half-billion-dollar hammer on Epic Games. 
in response to two complaints about the game Fortnite. The first one alleges that Epic violated COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, by turning on voice and text chat by default, publicly broadcasting account names in-game, and telling players about each other, which is standard fare and pretty much required for all online multiplayer games to exist. I don't see how a game can work without it. But the real problem here is that Epic did it for young children. A big no-no when it comes to COPPA. And the reason why most gaming platforms and most social platforms entirely do not allow children under 13 because of this chilling effect. The second complaint accuses Epic of charging players for in-game items without, quote, express informed consent. Effectively using dark patterns to trick people into buying. Uh, for one, they automatically stored the credit card information without or with the account if you've made a single purchase. There wasn't any way to say, forget my credit card number. Uh, this allowed children to make additional purchases without parents' knowledge very easily. Another dark pattern they used that the complaint cites is they put the purchase button right next to the preview button with no further confirmation after you clicked purchase. The result was that people were making well, purchases they didn't want or having their kids make purchases. The FTC fines for these two complaints add up to a total of $520 million, um, which would have been unheard of even five years ago. That's a lot of money. Um, th this, this is a new era for strong government intervention in the video game industry. The, the video game industry has grown really fast because there hasn't been a lot of strong government intervention, but politicians are starting kind of like with social media. Politicians are starting to look at this and go, this might be harming children and thus pressuring regulatory agencies to take a lot more action. Um, I guess this could be good and bad. The good consumers are protected from their own stupidity. The bad, this is a massive chilling effect that will shrink the overall industry. Personally, I think we should probably move a little closer to caveat emptor than a daddy protect me state, but that sort of laissez-faire does not buy politicians more votes. From the Your Data Here department, Apple announced end-to-end -end encryption is coming for more types of data. Device backups, messages, photos. Um, I don't know why people need to encrypt their cat pics, but you can. And, and quote, and more. They call it advanced data protection. Predictably, the move was lauded by privacy groups like the EFF and called deeply concerning by authority groups like the FBI. In both cases, they say that because it closes the, quote, loophole that allows any of your unencrypted data stored in iCloud to be released without your knowledge with a simple court order or just a request by law enforcement as, soon, as long as somebody at the company is in the mood. Of course, in standard Apple fashion, there are no details about how this is being implemented, encryption being done is being done by the OS on your phone, where you're just supposed to trust that they will keep it private despite their history of data breaches and privacy violations. Trust Apple. Trust Apple. Just remember one thing about Apple. This is important. Security is the opposite of convenience. And Apple has always, always, always put convenience, user experience, and safety ahead of security and privacy. This isn't safety like the physical type of safety. This is the woke type of safety that means not having to see reality or other things that might be uncomfortable for your fragile little brain. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if this OS-based encryption comes with a backdoor that lets the company decrypt the data without you. They'll tell you that if they if that does come out, they'll tell you that it's for your own benefit. You know, like if you lose your keys or something. <laughs> 
from the second verse, same as the first department, Google announced Friday that they are bringing client-side encryption to Gmail. This encryption has already existed in Google Drive, Google Docs, Google, they have, they have 75 Google services, whatever. There's been a lot of them, but apparently it's now coming to mail. The result is that your Gmail client will be encrypting your mail before it goes up to the cloud and then decrypting the mail as needed so that it's stored encrypted in Google servers. They say that it keeps your mail secure, yada, yada. We've heard this before. But I'm guessing secure from everybody but Google. I'm, I'm assuming given that Google's targeted ads model pretty much relies on being able to read your mail and you don't see them changing that. You, at a company like this, you don't, you don't slaughter the sacred cow just because users want a little bit of privacy. So don't know. To be honest, this is the exact same story as the last one about Apple. Pretend that I just gave the same detail speculation rant and ended with the same warning about not trusting a giant Silicon Valley company to put your interests ahead of their own. From the self-driving GTA department, Tesla has successfully integrated yet another technology into its Model S and Model X cars. Steam this time, yeah, the video game platform from Valve, making the Tesla Model X hands down the most expensive gaming console on the market. The system called Tesla Arcade now has access to thousands of games from the Steam library, pretty much anything installable from Steam on Linux. It includes wireless controllers to game from any seat in the car to one of two touchscreens, one in the front, one in the back. Tesla Arcade specs are very comparable to the PS5 or the Xbox One Series X. I don't know why we're paying for this, but I guess, you know, an extra $5,000 worth of computer components is nothing when you're already dropping hundred grand on a car, whatever. The car's software disallows playing video games while the car is in motion, even for a passenger and even in for a passenger in the back seat can, after the company got slapped last year by the NHTSA for allowing such a thing. But a company spokesman did suggest that the ability might be coming back just as soon as they figure out that pesky full self-driving thing that people paid for a decade ago and nobody seems to be in any danger of understanding or getting working. But it could be. So look for video games in your car while it drives itself into a guardrail. From the why is this news department, 9to5Google reports that Google Pixel 8 may be getting a major camera upgrade with a larger sensor and a feature called staggered HDR, whatever the hell that means. According to leaked code seen by someone on Twitter, eh, you know what, take it all with a grain of salt. This is a rumor. I guess it wasn't easy enough to spot a fly in the background of a photo across the street in your family photos before, or maybe they just really wanted a new way to fill up your email quota when grandma sends 50 megabyte pictures of her cat wearing a knitted scarf. I'm not sure. Nobody seems to understand how to scale down the photos that we have already. So bigger photos. Yeah. Excuse me while I roll my eyes at this story. From the end of an error department, Microsoft Edge is dropping support for Windows 7 and Windows 8, even for businesses, corporation and government, etc., that pay extra for longer support. Edge Trident has already long since been dropped. The only Edge that's been supported for the last year is the Chromium version of Edge. Now that's being dropped too. I don't need to comment on just how little this will impact most people who don't use Edge anyway. but. 
January 10th is a day for endings. It also happens to be the last Reboot Tuesday for Windows 8's regular security support and the last possible update ever for Windows 7, even for the people who pay a little extra money because they haven't bothered migrating yet. Coincidentally, Google Chrome is also dropping support for Windows 7 and 8 that day. Once you are past that day, if you're on Windows 7, Windows 8, you're not getting updates. That's kind of the story being told here. Now, the good thing, at least if you want to keep using it, is out of support. Microsoft is one of those companies where out of support does not mean they actually disable the software. They literally just stop supporting it. They're not going to give you patches. They're not going to cry if you get yourself a virus. But the thing that really got me for this story was the top slash dot comment on it, which said, honestly, one of the best things about still using Windows 7 is that there are no updates. All your OS mods, you don't need to reconfigure them again because the OS updated and reverted them again, which speaks to the fact that most people are getting a little bit of fatigue about the amount of updates put out by all of these software companies. Of course, as a technology influencer, more or less, I'm not supposed to be advocating for not updating. Everybody in the world is supposed to update all the time, but people feel the fatigue nonetheless. While I was writing this, my brand new Galaxy S21 interrupted my browsing to pop up a big full screen dialogue that said an update is available. And like most people, I think it's tedious. The problem ultimately with updates, and I know I've given this rant before, but updates are a Mott and Bailey argument, a fallacy, really. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with the Mott and Bailey, I'll put the link in the show notes. But Security updates are the MOT, which is an easy to defend argument because who doesn't want security? Yeah, as if security is something that decays. I mean, it, it does a little bit in so much as old code people often find new vulnerabilities in it, but it's not as often as you'd think. And it's not enough to give you another update every two weeks. The Bailey in this argument, the argument that is really difficult to defend because it's out there is all of the other things that come along with the same update package, they break things. They create new business rules for the developer that the user might not want. They introduce our good old friend, the supply chain attack. But the structure of the classic Mott and Bailey argument is if you don't want all of these things, obviously you want your security to be broken, which is not true. People want the security updates. People want security people. Well, specifically people don't want their devices to be owned, but is getting owned by a malware hacker because your device is out of date all that much more worse than having your entire workflow completely destroyed because the software developer was a moron and decided not to test anything before shipping it out to everybody. Updates are just another type of attack. And I, I know I've given this rant before, but software developers, give me security updates, but stop pushing your agenda on my device. I'm just looking for the software to work. I don't need your new whiz bang thing unless I've asked for it. Okay. You know what? Tell you what software developers are going to do what they do. And every time an update comes out and breaks things, I'm going to complain about it. Meanwhile, I got to get off windows eight, I guess. Angry thanks go out to Brian Janak, Anthony Perdue, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, Rachel Zimmerman, Ray Raymond Zorger, Steve Edwards, Progo, Eric Rankin, Christopher Reamer, and Sharky for their continuing support of Angry Tech News. Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors, we don't play ads, and we don't charge you to listen. But we are funded by your donations. 
If you received some value from listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click on the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth to you, whether it five bucks, 15 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever you think. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Pemrose, the angry programmer with a mic. I'll be back next time with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the angry programmer, Ryan Pemrose at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay angry. Good day. It's time for another BEM rant. All right. Automatic updates. I know, I know. You've heard this one before from another BEMROS. I will admit my opinion doesn't actually differ much from said BEMROS. My reasoning, on the other hand, might be a touch different. Unlike some other people who share my same surname, I'm not the type of tech nerd who will comb through release notes. I'm more of a cliff notes kind of guy. If something new comes out, I'll look up reviews, I'll look into some general specs. I'll even ask some opinions of several people, some of which I respect. In general, I'm not opposed to the updates that are put out. I'm more opposed to the way they're presented. Let's start with a big ol' fuck off to Apple. You know you're the instigator. We're gonna follow up that fuck off with another fuck off to Microsoft and Samsung for being two of the other technology leaders out there who are Pulling the monkey see, monkey do trick. What these companies are doing is putting a pop-up on your screen, your smartphone, your tablet, computer, doesn't matter, that says you have an update available. Your options fall into just a couple of categories. Install now, schedule later, or remind me in a couple days. These are overlays on your entire operating system. There isn't a fuck off, I'll deal with you when I please option. There isn't a I don't trust you, so stop trying to put your dick in me, put it in the next guy option. There isn't even a, I like how my system works, so leave me the fuck alone option. No, if you plan to continue using this system, you're going to have to take one of these fucking options. Before y'all go start sending me hate mail, oh wait, you don't have my email. Before y'all start going sending the other Bemrose hate mail, sure, I know, I can select the schedule later option, then cancel out and get your system back for two days. Then you're back to the choose wisely screen before you can use your fucking device again. Get the fuck out of my face. I paid for this product. Let me use it however the fuck I want.